Okay, you want to do our thing that we do? Hello and welcome to the Wheel of Crime podcast, the podcast where two ladies play games, mumble profanities, and laugh way too often. Also, this podcast covers topics of sensitive nature, and as such, listener discretion is advised. over there is Emily. 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 Emily L. Welcome back, folks, for another week of a ripping, roaring good time. Today we're going to talk about Canadian crimes, because guess what? We're fucking Canadian. Oh my gosh, I didn't even know. Hey, Americans out there, it's not 4th of July, it's Canada Day, yo. Yeah. <laughs> Maybe we should title this website or this, not for Americans. <laughs> this website. I meant this episode. We should title it American Crimes <laughs> just yes. to clickbait them. <laughs> They'd be like, "Damn it, those oh, filthy Canadians! Damn Canadian crimes! What is that place? <laughs> what is Canada? <laughs> You're all Southern now. I'm Southern. We're all Southern." I was writing an article for the uh, an upcoming rodeo, and literally I was like... That's generic. <laughs> I was uh, reading my article aloud as I was typing, and I was like, I was like, I could only speak in a country ex- accent because I was so fucking delirious at this point. I was like, and William Billy Joe said... <laughs> That's Come like, to the rodeo on Thursday. That's just Thursday. straight hillbilly. That is not even Southern. <laughs> I'm in a state of delirium. Uh, welcome to my life. Well, welcome. It's a disaster. Stay as long as you like. It's chaos. You'll never leave. You're trapped <laughs> here now. Oh my gosh. But how was your week other than your delirious cowboy expedition? Let's spin the wheel of questions. (laughs) What's a Canadian secret? That we don't all say sorry. I literally hate saying sorry. It's like to a fault. Like, I will not apologize. Really? I fucking hate apologizing to people. I'm so stubborn. I'm like, no, you're wrong. I don't care. That's true. You're wrong. (laughs) I don't care. You're wrong. (laughs) You can apologize to me. I'm definitely the opposite where I can't help but say sorry. Just like... For anything. Like, it might not even need to be something that you apologize for. And I'd be like, I'm sorry. And they'd be like, but why? I'm like, I don't know. (laughs) I do that sometimes too. But it's just like when, like, I don't know. I fucking need to apologize. Or like the typical thing where it's like, oh, sorry. When you're trying to go past somebody. Or like if you're. I'm just like, move out of my fucking way, you hoe. (laughs) (laughs) It's literally like if Jen and I are like at the mall. I'll be like going past people being like, Oh, sorry, just trying to sneak past you. Like, trying to, like, and I'm, like squeeze here. between people. She gets her football shoulders in and she's like, <laughs> boom, 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 and like <laughs> knocking things off of shelves. And we're like, Jen, we're browsing. I'm <laughs> not even looking for anything. 
I'm a bulldozer. Like, I didn't find anything I like. Boom. <laughs> Out of the store is just chaos. This is why I only shop online now. This is why I follow you when we shop so I can pick shit up off the floor and put it back. Oh my god. I'm a horrible person. <laughs> I will say the online shopping solves everything. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Including my problem where like I'll go somewhere... And it's like, oh, I'm here for just this. And I'm like, that's a cute top. It's affordable. Oh, my God, I need that. You can't get that on Amazon. You just get what you're looking for, and then you peace out. Then you check out. And you forget about it until it arrives at your door, and you're like, oh, my God, it's Christmas every day. Yay. Oh, my God, a toothbrush holder. I love it. I love it. (laughs) Oh, my God. This is exactly what I would have picked for myself, because guess what I did? I had a package delivered to my parents house recently Mm -hmm. and i had like four of them waiting for me when i got to their house today and i was like opening them and my mom's like looking over my shoulder she's like anything exciting and i'm like i literally have like gels for lights i have a flashlight and a utility knife like this is (laughs) nothing exciting i know that's like my mom too she's like what'd you get and i like pulled out suspenders because they were on clear because it was just after Halloween, and I'm like, this is an exciting. No. You don't want this. No, you don't want to see this. I literally got a utility knife. Like, I don't know. I've literally got a utility knife. Oh, at least it's able to be used on many things. It's able to be utilized on many things. What's your Canadian secret? That Manitoba definitely has UFOs in it. Yeah, well, that's that's just knowledge. That's just knowledge. <laughs> Where in Canada would you go if you weren't from here? I would totally go to like either like somewhere on the east coast, like Halifax or mm-hmm. one of those places, because freaking beautiful. Oh, it's so beautiful. Or I go to Montreal. so many fish dishes. It's Montreal delicious. or mm-hmm. Vancouver. Okay, but I feel like that's just because like those are my favorite places to go. As, like, a person who lives here. So, like, I don't know, maybe I'm biased. It's like, I'm <laughs> So, like, that's where I would just go in general. That's fair. I feel like if I wasn't from here, I would want to go on a vacation. Like, with if I were with the knowledge I have now to plan a vacation through Canada, mm-hmm. I would also go to Halifax because you and I were there together. And it is a very beautiful place. Lots of history. I've never been to Montreal or any of those places, so I can't really recommend that area. But I have heard a lot of good things. I would I would also say somewhere in the mountains. I know that Banff and Jasper are like really widely talked about, but it kind of makes sense just for what they have tourist-wise out there is it's very like able to help people who are traveling who may not know a lot. So I would say those areas are usually pretty dependable. And then yeah, probably Vancouver as well just because it it is very different. Very different. I love Vancouver. Oh, it's beautiful. Or like I would go to Vancouver, but then I would recommend to like take a day trip out to the islands. Oh my god, Victoria. Right? So oh, pretty. I know. Or like uh, mm. my granny's from one of the smaller islands, right? So if you even take like a like a the big ferry over to Victoria, uh, that that's how, well, how I think it works. It's been a while. But then you grab a smaller ferry just to go between the little ones. Mm-hmm. So beautiful. So pretty. Me and mm-hmm. me and my guy friend. You mean John, who's <laughs> also your boyfriend? Yeah, yeah, that guy. <laughs> yeah, that guy. Uh, we're planning on going out to the island. It's his first time. Oh, really? He's never been out to the island. Ooh, maybe you should drag him out to the island my granny lives on. Because I know that neither of you have been there and you could kind of like scope out the area. There's a vineyard. 
Wow. A it, vineyard. It's uh, not in use anymore, but there is a vineyard. <laughs> <laughs> An abandoned vineyard. Now there's a story. Oh, bum, 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 bum. <laughs> Let's just, let's go. I'm so sweaty. We've been recording for like literally 13 minutes. Uh, what's the best part about being Canadian? Mm, I think that like in this country we have really good accessibility to like a lot of places. Like I think like just the f- opportunities we're afforded here. We can like, I know myself, like I do a lot of traveling and I think that's because we come from a place like this. Mm-hmm. Although I am jealous of the Europeans because I feel like they have it even better. Like they're on another level. Yeah, it's definitely a bit different over in Europe compared to here. Yeah. I don't know. Um, I definitely would say just because I do a lot of like vehicle travel, like in North America, Canada is a very beautiful place to live. So beautiful. Right? But actually, here's another weird thing, though. So, cell service is better in Canada than it is in America. It's also more expensive. Yes. 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 (laughs) (laughs) No, just because, like I said, I do a lot of traveling for work and everything, and then my significant other and I and other, whatever. It's been a long day. We were talking. The dude and you. The (laughs) dude. Yeah, that one. (laughs) No, we were talking and uh, I was like, oh, yeah, no, I remember when we were traveling through the States, it was really hard to get a hold of anybody back at uh, the office. And he's like, oh, yeah, no, that's because there's a lot more like cell providers and like that sort of thing in Canada. And I was like, oh, that's really interesting, actually. Never really thought of it. It's definitely helpful if you get abandoned in the boondocks. Only if you're a millionaire. What? (laughs) (laughs) because it's gonna cost extremely much to get a tow truck (laughs) yeah okay okay guys r.i.p to jenny's whole life i'm so oh i'm telling this story to literally every person i encounter and you guys are one of them i'm so overwhelmed (laughs) just so you know (laughs) you're like okay here's the story guys i'm overwhelmed And it's so sweaty in Emily's new apartment that I fucking might die. You look like you're melting. I'm le- I was wearing makeup earlier today and it- it's all gone. Mm-hmm, I told you. That's why we have a cup of literal ice cubes in front of us. What is the most Canadian thing? I actually want to say it's like rural, countryside, big trees, beautiful landscape, but then you're with a, a bunch of other people. Yeah, it's a lot of open spaces. Yeah. I don't know. I would say maple syrup, but I honestly can't even remember the last time I had maple syrup. It's been a while. That's like a Montreal. Like, I'm not from the East Coast, bitch. That is not like a West Coast thing. We don't have maple syrup. (laughs) Out in these parts, we don't have maple syrup. We have beef. (laughs) I'm a vegetarian, so I eat grass. She has fake beef. (laughs) Faux beef. Faux beef. Okay, trademark. <laughs> you guys it's full are, beef. You guys heard it here for <laughs> You look like you're trying to do the Cardi B face. <laughs> it's just my, yeah. my state. <laughs> my permanent way of being. Yeah. I don't know, like, I feel like stereotypes do exist for a reason, so I can understand why a lot of people are like, oh, well, plaid, maple syrup, moose igloos but like i mean you saw a moose recently i almost fucking crashed in my my car into one <laughs> going 110 on a foggy highway at 5 a.m ah memories 
That's Canada to me. That's Canada to me. (laughs) (laughs) Or like... I don't know. I do feel like Canadian, all Canadians at least have one article of clothing in their closet that's plaid. I don't. What do you mean you don't have one article of clothing in your closet that's pla- plaid? I just... Like, not even, like, a black and white button-up? No. Plaid socks? No. Plaid underpants? No. No? no. Plaid lining? No. Plaid wallet? No. Wow. Okay, well, you're not Canadian. Next. <laughs> Hello, Europeans. Can I come over? Hello, Europeans. Can I come over? Hello, fellow Europeans. (laughs) I too am from there. I I am too the one of the Euros. I I too like meat, jello, and dry bread. I too am from the Euro. The Euro? The the Euro, yes. I too have currency that's valuable. Ah, yes. Memories! <laughs> Not really. <laughs> Just poorness. Oh, that's true. But that does wrap up our wheel of questions. What's your description? I'm fucking looking forward to it. <laughs> yeah, I know you're always looking forward to it. <laughs> it's the best part of my week. Well, this week, uh, I'm going to do this description of what Canada is. Canada is a multilingual and multicultural society home to people of many different ethnic, religious, and national origins with the majority of the population made up of old world immigrants and their descendants. Following the initial period of French and then the much larger British colonization, different waves or peaks of immigration and settlement of non-indigenous peoples took place over the course of nearly two centuries and continue today. Elements of indigenous, French, British, and more uh, and more recent <laughs> immigrant customs, languages, and religions have combined to form the culture of Canada and thus a Canadian identity. Canada has also been strongly influenced by its linguistic, geographic, and economic neighbor, the United States of America. America. Also known as the noisiest next door neighbor with the huge George Foreman grill. <laughs> what are you accurate? You should say the description for next week. Socks and sandals. <laughs> Crocs and sandals. Yes. <laughs> you know it's true, American listeners. We know you're the majority. <laughs> we know you're the <laughs> We know you guys speak for every American. <laughs> All of them. Fucking Florida people. I see you out there. What are you doing here? How'd you get here? Do you even know what Canada is? Okay, you forget that the only people from Florida are actually all just alligators. That's really accurate. (laughs) You know what? Fuck it. Here's our new show. Emily calls out American states. (laughs) Nebraska, you're next. No one's safe. (laughs) No one. Aliens. Next. You'll have to wait till next week, bitches. <laughs> that concludes our episode. <laughs> okay. Let's but, let's do this, bitch. I guess let's actually do talk the about podcast. The Three members of the Richardson family were murdered in Medicine Hat, Alberta in April 2006. Medicine Hat? Medicine. Medicine province. Mm-hmm. Ooh. The Medicine Hat murders. <gasps> Ooh. The murders were planned and committed by the family's 12-year-old daughter, Jasmine, 
and her 23-year-old boyfriend, Jeremy Stanky. <laughs> Stanky. <laughs> Jeremy Stanky. <laughs> that's not how you pronounce it. That's it now. You know, we're changing it. This is our show. It will be when This is our show. It's Jeremy Stanky. <laughs> Sorry, guys. I know I'm being insensitive, but, like, he murdered people, so it's fine. Oh, whatever. If he murdered people, it's <laughs> our call now. Oh, apparently, Jeremy Stanky, now going by the name Jackson May. Oh, he's still Jeremy Stanky to me. He might as well have just kept the last name. Yeah. <laughs> Jasmine and Stanky were each convicted on three counts of first-degree murder. The daughter, who had turned 13 before being convicted, is thought to be the youngest person in Canada ever convicted of multiple first-degree murder counts. Her 10-year sentence was completed on May 6, 2016. Ooh, that's a recent. That's a recent, recent. Whoa. At 1 p.m. on April 23, 2006, the bodies of the husband, Mark Richardson, who was 42 years old at the time, and Deborah, his wife, who was 48 at the time. Okay, so she was older than him. Yeah. Were found in the basement of their home, and the body of their son, Tyler Jacob, who was 8 years old, was discovered upstairs. Ah. I hate that. Absent from the home at that time was the couple's 12-year-old daughter, Jasmine. For a time, it was feared that she might have also been a victim, but she was later arrested the following day in the community of Leader, Saskatchewan, about 130 kilometers away with her 23-year-old boyfriend, Jeremy Allen Stanky. (laughs) Okay, he's... So he was dating a 12-year-old? Yeah. He is stanky. (laughs) No kidding. That's disgusting. Her boyfriend thought he was a 300-year-old werewolf. I think you misread that sentence. I did not. Hang on. So stanky thought he was a 300-year-old werewolf. So he thought that he himself was a 300-year-old werewolf. Yes, that's correct. That's a fact. You can fact check me because that's the fact. Uh... I mean, I like to be inclusive. I do not think that he was a werewolf. Uh, okay. Yeah. Or a 300-year-old werewolf. Mm-hmm. You know, casual. Super cash. S- super cash. Super <laughs> low-key. Both were charged with three murders. Later, on May 3rd, 2006, Stanky's friend Casey Lancaster, who was 19 years old, was charged with being an accessory for driving them away in her pickup truck later in the day and for disposing of evidence. Mm. According to friends of Jasmine, the girl's parents had punished her for dating Stanky due to age disparity. Obviously. Because, like, it's fucking illegal. Because she's 12 and he's 23, and that's completely inappropriate at that age. Completely inappropriate. Okay, Jasmine. That's a that's a reason why it's illegal. I mean, she's twelve, he's three hundred. That's a lot of years. <laughs> that's like three hundred and twelve years difference. <laughs> There's Jesus. that's a lot of that's a lot of age difference. <laughs> I thought mine was bad. <laughs> no, it's nothing compared to nothing this one. Nothing compared to three hundred years. <laughs> oh my god. 
Her friends had also criticized their relationship. Uh, duh. Can you imagine us as 12-year-olds and somebody coming along and being like, hey, I'm dating a 300-year-old <laughs> werewolf, which I can totally see happening. Oh my god, I can picture the girl who would say that. Oh, I know. So can I. <laughs> we would not believe it for a freaking second. We'd be like, where's his Facebook? <laughs> Send me his Tumblr. <laughs> where's the proof? <laughs> Does he, like, panic at the disco? <laughs> if he doesn't, he's not that cool. <laughs> yeah, cool. <laughs> Does he kiss yeah, other co- girls on the cheek and take photos? <laughs> Cheating. <laughs> Fuck him. Does he even think about other women? Fucking throw him in the trash bag. Trash man. Trash <laughs> werewolf. Trash wolf. <laughs> yeah. <Trademark>. TM. <laughs> okay. So her friends also criticized their relationship, and shortly after her arrest, Stanky asked her to marry him, and she agreed. According to the friends of Stanky, he told them that he liked the taste of blood and wore a small vial of blood around his neck. He also had a user account uh, at the vampirefreaks.com website. Hmm. So, like, he's mixed. He's a mixed race. He's a... He's a- I'm a werewolf. Half-breed. And a vampire. Half-breed. 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 The girl, um, Jasmine, also had a page on the same site, leading to the speculation that they met there. However, an acquaintance of Stinky later said the couple actually met at a punk rock show in early 2006. As one does. (laughs) At 12. As one does. You know, just low-key. Low-key, just at a punk rock show, you know, my parents are cool with this. I'm a vampire. Oh, no, wait, I'm a werewolf. Oh, okay, okay. (laughs) I vibe, I vibe. (laughs) I'm I'm vibing with that. The couple were all- I connect with you. (laughs) We're in the same wavelength. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> the couple were also found to be communicating at Nexopia, a popular website. Nexopia. Or yeah, Nexopia, sorry. A popular website for young Canadians. Oh, that's why we know what it is. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know what it was, actually. As soon as you said that, I'm like, excuse me, that's Nexopia. <laughs> <laughs> Bitch, you don't even fight it out. <laughs> you, you know what? I thought we were vibing. I take it back. <laughs> you don't know what Nexopia is? Mm-mm-mm. Banned. Girl. <laughs> Various messages they sent to each other were available to the public before the accounts were removed by Nexobia staff. Jasmine's profile was under the page name Runaway Devil. Falsely, she said that she was 15 and ended with the text, Welcome to my tragic end. Mm. Just hours prior to committing the murders, Stanky and some friends reportedly watched the 1994 film Natural Born Killers about a young couple who go on a violent killing spree. Stanky told his friends that he and his girlfriend should go about their plans in a similar manner, but without sparing her young brother. That is so sick, though. Yeah. Anything where a family member decides to kill their siblings makes me nauseous. Where it's like, okay, you literally watch this person grow up. That's supposed to be, like, your person for life. Well, somebody you'd want to protect, you would think. No kidding. Goddamn stanky. Or, like, if you don't like him, just don't talk to him. <laughs> Fucking phase that bitch out. <laughs> <laughs> Unfriend him on Facebook. You've got options. The Nixopia. Nixopia. <laughs> what is that? Okay, we'll have to see if the website's still up. I'm pretty sure it was, like... 
I I thought it was I always thought it was like MSN because I never used it. Oh. But I thought it was like MSN. Maybe I did use it. I don't even remember. Anyways. Uh. Anyways, Stanky also said to an undercover officer, "You ever watched the movie Natural Born Killers? I think it's the best love story of all time." Hmm. <laughs> John edit that out. <laughs> Please, and thank you. <laughs> Watch him not and just like make it louder. <laughs> oh God, John! Please no. <laughs> Under the Youth Criminal Justice Act, Jasmine's name can no longer be published in Canada after she became a suspect. Under that same act, twelve is the youngest possible age at which a person can be charged with a crime. Convicts who were under fourteen years of age at the time they committed a crime cannot be sentenced as adults and cannot be given more than a ten-year sentence. On July 9, two thousand seven, Jasmine, who had by then turned thirteen, was found guilty on three counts of first-degree murder in the killings. On November eighth, two thousand seven, she was sentenced to the maximum penalty of ten years imprisonment. Her sentence included credit for eighteen months already spent in custody to be followed by four years in a psychiatric institution and a four and a half years under conditional supervision in the community. In May 2016, her sentence was complete and she was freed of any further court-ordered conditions, restrictions, or supervision after a final sentence review on May 6, 2016. Mm -hmm. Stinky admitted to the murder of the parents in conversation with an undercover police officer while in custody. He was tried on November 2008 and found guilty by jury on three counts of first-degree murder for the killings of the three Richardson victims. On December 15, 2008, Stanky was sentenced to three life sentences, one for each first-degree murder count. The sentences are to be served concurrently, and Stanky will be eligible for parole after serving 25 years. The accessory to murder charge against the couple's friend, Casey Lancaster, was dropped as she pleaded guilty to an obstruction charge in Medicine Hat Provincial Court. She received one year house arrest as part of the plea bargain and was ordered to refrain from drugs and alcohol. In September 2011, Jasmine began attending classes at Mount Royal University in Calgary, Alberta what? during the final years of her sentence. Get out of here! Like, so she wasn't even out of prison yet. She was attending Mount Royal. That is crazy. In prison, attending school. Yep. That. Mmm. Mmm. She was released from a 10-year sentence at a psychiatric hospital in the fall of 2011, and in October 2012, it was reported her rehabilitation was going well, and she expressed remorse for her actions that experts considered genuine. So as of May 2016, Jasmine Richardson is walking free. After three months, she faced a final court hearing and was free of any quartered restrictions. The now 22-year-old is living quietly in the community at a secret location. Oh, it's in Calgary. Probably. It for sure is in Calgary. Richardson's name cannot be published in her home country where she's known as JR, and she is even being described as a poster child for rehabilitation. Huh. Hmm. See, I'm conflicted because, like... I don't like what you just read. (laughs) Because on one hand, I'm like, oh my god, like, this fucking monster murdered her family with her werewolf boyfriend... But at the same time, I feel like she was 12, so there must have been, like, some manipulation going on there. Well, for sure there was manipulation going on. And at the same time, like, you don't know exactly what other effects, 
what it had on her psyche with having to deal with that situation with like everything that happened with her being in prison. I like that they rehabilitated her though because they did have to let her out after 10 years regardless. Yeah. So like I like that she seems re- rehabilitated in like a part of the community now but at the same I time do. that's scary. Well I Because do. I live in Calgary. <laughs> <laughs> and you know she's there. But uh no the thing that I struggle with though is that she is quote unquote successfully had this rehabilitation but still expresses no remorse Mm -hmm. which to me says there's something more wrong than just manipulation if that makes sense but i don't know it always makes me wonder what was going on at home yeah because you never really know now like who's going to testify like both the parents are dead the siblings dead right like i this is completely unrelated here's a rant but I was reading up on this case where these two brothers that came from like a wealthier family murdered their dad who was a like a big producer in Hollywood. Mm-hmm. And like people were shocked because this family seemed so like picture perfect. They had everything. Right. And then it came out in court when they were being tried for murder that their dad had been sexually assaulting them and like abusing them mm-hmm. and molesting them since they were literally like 10 years old. Yeah. But then that's the other thing though, like with this particular case that you covered is that why the brother? Like, yeah. I, like I can understand like if your there parents. was something going on at home, like feeling angry towards your parents, if you were being mistreated, like that is understandable. Why your eight year old brother? Like when, when a child is eight years old, they aren't in a position of power where they can do anything. Anything. What are they going to tell you? Eh, you stink. <laughs> Like, I don't know. Maybe it was like I'm totally speculating here, but like maybe it was like jealousy. Like maybe the parents favored him or something. I don't know. I guess yeah. That that's I hate to like potential. talk shit about the parents because like I have no idea and I, no one knows. But I do like, feel like when it comes to speculating, though, people feel like a lot of that responsibility does fall on the parents. So then when something like this happens, it really like you, it, it does you bring, wonder. Yeah, and it like it's it's fair to speculate because it's like okay, well, we know that as rational beings that there's something that leads to point A to point B to point C. Like, it rarely is ever, like, bitches be crazy, the end, right? It's rarely, like, there was no motive. Not to say that that doesn't happen, but, like... Yeah. I don't know. I'm just so, like, I wish I could know what was going on at home. So I think it would give more clarity. she would be the only person that would know. I don't think she's talking about it now. Well, and that's the thing, though, too. It's like, what are the after effects of the situation? Maybe she doesn't even remember. Yeah. Right? Like, maybe after this whole thing unfolded, like, I would imagine there's, a like, as... So much trauma. Well, like, trauma, even if, like, like she was involved. So she takes a big part of that responsibility of what happened, right? And I feel like a lot of feelings come with that. Who's to say that necessarily, like, she fully remembers everything? Like, it's a long time ago. You asked me what I did at 12 years old? I couldn't fucking tell you. Can you remember? Listen to Panic at the Disco and drink a lot of Slurpees? Yeah, that's pretty much it. Like... (laughs) That was my life. Like... I don't know. There's just, there, like you said, there's definitely a lot of just different things to take into consideration. But, you know, you never know. Yeah. No, I love that it was a 300-year-old werewolf because, <laughs> so, like, they say that nowadays she's, like, in her early 20s, which, I mean, we ourselves are in our early 20s, so. It, she's uh, our age. I was, like, thinking back to when we were 12, and I'm, like, if somebody came up to me and they're, like, I'm dating a 300-year-old werewolf year old werewolf i probably would have believed them <laughs> like i want to i want to say like i'd be that person who'd be like now you're fucking lying <laughs> but i'd have been like i would have been like oh right. yeah is his name jacob <laughs> like 
<laughs> like you know can i meet him does he have friends like what's the situation oh, what here the, what was the thing uh gosh i was trying to remember what sort of platform there was before facebook Do myspace you, myspace it would have been like uh does he have a myspace <laughs> do you remember when you would have myspace for like literally six months yeah and then you were like uh facebook's cooler I remember I made this really dramatic status on Facebook being like, fuck Facebook, guys. I'm moving over to MySpace. Like, I'm deleting my accounts. I remember that. everyone. Uh." (laughs) And then, like, it was on MySpace. I was like, this sucks. I hate this. I want to look at Facebook. (laughs) But I was really dramatic. Now I'm going to stick this out. That's really funny. You never did. (laughs) No. Didn't last long. I think I probably still have that MySpace account, though. Oh, probably. I never closed it. Maybe you yourself are a 300-year-old werewolf. (laughs) Fact. (laughs) Fact. (laughs) Oh, man, but... I'm ready for your crime case. Well, it's not a crime case. (laughs) Of course. I stretched it. The maple syrup heist of 2018. No, but you were going to laugh your ass off, okay? Okay. (laughs) Let's fucking hear a bitch. So all... First off, everybody from Quebec or France... I am so sorry. <laughs> France. I'm like, I know they're not the same kind of French, but I feel like I just got to cover my bases, you know? <laughs> if you speak the French language or even Spanish, like you're going to hate this. Oh yeah, you're going to hate me and this story. So okay. buckle up, kids. We're going on a field trip. Putting on my seatbelt already. So I'm going to tell you the story of La Chasse Gallery. Definitely not how you say it in French. Also known as the bewitched canoe or the flying canoe. Okay. <laughs> is a popular French Canadian tale of couriers de bois who make a deal with the devil, a variant of the wild hunt. It is best known version was written by Honor Bourgrand. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck else? I told you I can't read. <laughs> Which it was between the years of 1848 and 1906. We could read that. That's, That's English. English. <laughs> you don't know English. Stop lying. Well, I'm just BSing this whole story. That's so I hope you're ready. <laughs> so it was published in the Century Magazine in August 1892. The story can be traced back to a French legend about a rich nobleman named Gallery which is, you know, my stripper name, yeah. who, lo- who loved to hunt. He loved it so much that he refused to attend Sunday Mass. <gasps> As punishment for this sin, he was condemned to fly forever through the night skies. What punishment? Can I be condemned to that? <laughs> Can I be condemned? Well, chased by galloping horses and howling wolves in a fashion reminiscent of the Wild Hunt stories. I haven't gone to church in so long. You I, are for sure going to be doomed that. to a flying canoe soon. I feel like I'm ready. I feel like it's like an expiry date. Like if you haven't been to church in like over a year, suddenly you get your own flying canoe. Where and then is you're, it? And you're like, oh, they're like, okay, since you won't go to mass every Sunday morning, you get to get in this fucking canoe and you get chased by wolves. I'm ready. Puppies and canoe. Hello, sign me up. You're like, where is it? Neither of those things, and I would like both of those things. <laughs> Excuse me, I'm right here. I haven't been in like four years. Curse me. Where's my flying canoe? Who, who was this cursor and where are they? Right? Oh. <laughs> 
So when French settlers arrived in Canada, they swapped stories with the natives and the tale of gallery was combined with the First Nations legend about a flying canoe. In time, bark canoes became associated with French-Canadian culture as well, and when some of the earliest French-Canadians arrived in New York City, they were reported to have landed on the banks of the Hudson River to the amazement and admiration of people who had never seen bark canoes in their waters before. After a night of heavy drinking on New Year's Eve, a group of voyagers working at a remote timber camp went to visit or want to visit their sweethearts some 100 leagues away, 300 miles. So the only way to make such a long journey and be back in time for work the next morning is... You only read the miles for you Americans out there. And they didn't provide the fee. (laughs) So you can figure out leagues. (laughs) so the only way to make such a long journey and be back in time for work the next morning was to run the chasse gallery (laughs) running the chasse gallery means making a pact with the devil so that their canoe can fly through the air to their destination quickly however that just sounds awesome listen however (laughs) The travelers must not mention God's name or touch the cross of any church steeple as they whisk by it in the flying canoe. Done. Like, (laughs) where? You're like, still. Hello, canoe. Here. Ready. Maybe they'll give us, like, how to summon the canoe. Wouldn't that be something? And here's how to summon the flying (laughs) (laughs) canoe. Excuse me, sir. Where do I sit? Right? So... Where's the chasse gallery? I need a chasse gallery? (laughs) Go into a boat shop (laughs) and ask for a chasse gallery. I heard about the canoe at the chasse gallery. I'm looking for the chasse gallery. (laughs) The the chasse gallery. (laughs) I wish you guys could see her face. (laughs) I look like an idiot. Okay. Yeah. So, <laughs> if either of these rules were broken during the voyage, then the devil will <laughs> will take their souls. Satan. Satan. To be safe, the men promise not to touch another drop of rum to keep their heads clear. <laughs> I was like, excuse me? Never mind, it makes sense. <laughs> so, the crew took their places in the canoe, which then rises off the ground and they start to paddle. Far below, listen, okay, keep in mind the reason that they've sold, they've like potentially sold their souls to the devil to fly in a canoe is because they want to go see their girlfriends. Three, Same 300 now. miles away. Same. I would just travel a lot. <laughs> you're, you're like, you know what? I don't need my car anymore. I've got a <laughs> chasse gallery. <laughs> Fucking rights I do. Can you imagine trying to park a, a bark canoe in a parking spot? Yeah, I'll park it on top of the roof. Hey, no one would see it there. It probably makes sense. <laughs> it's raining. Oh, no, my Shas Gallery. Let me just... I'll go fly somewhere where it's not raining. <laughs> Let's go to... Bahamas. Somewhere where it doesn't rain. <laughs> so not Vancouver. <laughs> Definitely not Halifax. This is giving me some severe Peter Pan vibes. <laughs> Off to Neverland. Right? So far below, they can see the frozen Gatineau River... Many villages, shiny church steeples, which they're not allowed to touch, and then the lights of Montreal. 
the bewitched canoe eventually touches down near a house where New Year's Eve festivities are in full swing. No one wonders at the trapper slash logger's sudden arrival. They are embraced with open arms and soon are dancing and celebrating as merrily as everyone else. Soon it is late and the men must leave if they are to get back to camp in time for work. As they fly through the moonless night, it becomes apparent that their navigator has been drinking as he steers the canoe on a dangerously unsteady course. Disclaimer. Do not drink and, and drive boat. a flying canoe. Probably won't work out, but like, I mean, it's worth a shot. I mean, I'd like to see a video. <laughs> but, I no, but I'm in no way condoning it. <laughs> but like, if you're gonna do it, like. You have Show to be me. a 300-year-old werewolf first. <laughs> That's requirement number one. Um, <laughs> requirement number two, you have to upload it to YouTube. So they're drabbled drunk. And <laughs> the dude was intoxicated for shoresies. So while passing over Montreal, they just they just miss running into a church steeple. And soon after, the canoe ends up stuck in a deep snowdrift. At this point, the drunken navigator begins swearing and taking the Lord's name in vain. Uh-oh. Terrified, terrified that the devil will take <laughs> their souls, the men bind and gag their friend and elect somebody else to drive. <laughs> Fair. Probably a smart decision. Uh, how about the first decision? If your friend is shit-faced, like, it's like, I'm gonna drive the gallery. You're like, no, no, no. You're sitting in the back of the flying canoe. <laughs> Bitch. <laughs> Get your ass to the back of the canoe. In the back of the canoe. The navigator soon breaks his bonds and begins swearing again. The crew become more and more shaken at the possibility of losing their souls and eventually steer the bewitched canoe right into a tall pine. The men spill out and are knocked unconscious. The ending of the story changes from version to version. So sometimes the men are condemned to fly the canoe through hell and appear in the sky every New Year's Eve, which that's the version I like. <laughs> Instead of kissing a New Year's Eve, you're like, look, the chasse gallery. Oh, how romantic. With all of, like, the loggers and trappers being like, help us. <laughs> the wolves just trailing behind. You're like, aw, cute. So, oh my god, Snapchat. Oh my god, cute. <laughs> Love it. Where oh do I get babe. one? Oh my god. <laughs> uh, so, let's see. But, but in all but one version, all escape the terms of the devil, a.k.a. Lucifer. A.K.A. Satan. A.K.A. Uh, made. So, several different versions of this tale exist. An Akkadian version involves an axe handle, and it stretches to accommodate as many as can climb on. So, instead of a canoe in this version, they fly an axe through the sky. Mm, not as festive. Right? So, another variation has the devil himself steering and deliberately trying to break the rules on the return journey, at which point they throw him out of the canoe to save themselves. Oh, wait. Hold on. Are you telling me that the crime is that they don't go to church? No. <laughs> That's what it seems like here, Emily. It might be. We're, like, getting really close to the end of the story. I can feel it. <laughs> That's the only... Well, like... Crime. Oh, well, when we get to the end, I'll tell you what the crime is. Uh-huh. Is it that they talk to Satan? <laughs> God. This is the wheel of crime. Why are you never criming? Because it's the wheel. <laughs> okay. okay. I'm so sweaty. Okay. 
So the in, in English, this particular legend is known as the canoe or the wild hunt bewitched. And the second name is used to translate precisely chasse gallery, as it is known in Canadian French, and the other term is much broader. In Quebec, the best-known version is written by Honor Beaugrand. Uh, <laughs> this is the story of the Gatineau loggers who make a pact with the devil in order to steal a boat so they can visit their women. So basically, in his story, they are warned not to blast me during the voyage or touch crosses. They must be back before six o'clock the next morning. Otherwise, they would lose their souls. So kind of like Cinderella. And in this version, yeah, the devil's generous and allows the men to return unhurt and damaged. So then this tale appeared in a book of French-Canadian folk tales called Legends of the French Canada by Edward C. Woodley, published in 1931 and republished in 1938. The tale is told as a recollection of one of the men who made the Chasse Gallery and the men who traveled from St. Maurice to St. John. The return accident is credited to whiskey. <laughs> Same. As all of, my all of our accidents <laughs> <laughs> What happened to you? I don't know. Wasted? I'm what you wasted. What's that nasty liquor you made us drink back, back in the day? Oh, I have so many. Like, what are you talking about? Back when we used to record this podcast drunk. <laughs> Uh, oh absinthe absinthe i did make you drink absinthe i thought you were gonna say like a margarita mix <laughs> and i was like that was pretty terrible <laughs> it was hot though it was warm margarita mix yeah yeah no we used to drink absinthe at the beginning um welcome if you're still here <laughs> we don't do that anymore <laughs> we might again one day though because i remember getting lit I was the most drunk I've ever been. <laughs> Same. I was like, my mouth smells like peppermints and I can't see. <laughs> oh, gosh. Anyways. <laughs> okay, so an earlier volume in English entitled The Flying Canoe was written by J.E. Le Rogasol. I don't know. It was supposed to be an English name. I didn't even say it right, so I'm moving on. McClellan and Stewart Publishers in 1929, and in it, thanks is given, without any further publication information, to the Toronto Star Weekly and the Canadian Home Journal for their courteous permission to republish certain stories which appeared originally in these journals. In 2015, a musical theatre version of the story was written and performed at the Storefront Theatre in Toronto and won two Dora Awards and two Toronto Theatre Critics Awards. A larger production was mounted in 2016 by Soul Pepper Theatre. One of the oldest rides at Montreal's La Ronde Amusement Park, La Patoon? I'm so sorry. <laughs> uses this legend as, as inspiration. It is a basic sawmill log ride, but overhead is a representation of the flying canoe with the devil perched behind the terrified men. <laughs> the high bench at the back of the log cars is therefore returned to as the devil seat. Wow. Right? So, the legend serves as the label motif for Maudite. Mo- motif? What did I say? Motif. Whatever. <laughs> An ale produced by the Unique Brow. <laughs> unique Brow? <laughs> like, eyebrow? Unibrow. <laughs> the Unibrow Brewery of Quebec. <laughs> I don't know what you're trying to say. <laughs> Okay, so the National Film Board of Canada produced a short animated film of the 
of uh, this called The Legend of the Flying Canoe. Lush House Gallery. In case you didn't know what the fuck that was yet. <laughs> the Quebec folk band La Bottine Sauriant. I'm sorry to your aunt also. <laughs> I'm so sorry. I don't know how to say your name. Uh, published a song of this tale called Martin de la Chasse Gallery. <laughs> I'm not even trying anymore. In their album La Minstrin in 1994. Montreal folk metal bl- band Blackguard uses an image of the flying canoe on the cover of their 2009 album Profugus Mortis. <laughs> I didn't even know marching bands put out albums. Sorry, what? Aren't they marching bands? I said metal band. Oh my god. I was imagining a marching band. Oh my god. I seriously thought we were talking about marching bands. No, it's a metal band. I'm. This makes so much more it sense. It has the name Mortis in the album, which literally means death, I think. Okay, I don't even know. Never mind. I'm going forward. Included on the album is a song called The Last We Wage, whose lyrics are based on this legend. And finally, during the opening ceremony for the 2010 Winter Olympics in Vancouver, a canoe containing containing, (laughs) containing fiddler Colin Mayer was lowered from the ceiling in an allusion to the legend. And that is the end of my case. Was the crime that you didn't know how to pronounce anything? Yes. And also <laughs> the devil was there. <laughs> so crime? <laughs> I don't know. From what I read, it's pretty much a crime to do anything where the devil's involved. Ah. And somebody was drinking and driving, which is oh also my God. a crime. <laughs> no. You're not allowed to go there. <laughs> Absolutely bad. Oh my god. <laughs> what the f- is going on? This episode is over. This, Goodbye. This Follow episode, us on social media. This episode is brought to you by La Chasse Gallery. <laughs> Follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter at Will of Crime. And email us at Will of Crime. I mean, Will of Crime at gmail.com. I was going to say Gmail. At realcrime.com. What the hell is going on? <laughs> I'm so hot right now. Also, next episode is our season one finale. Woo-hoo. Wow, we made it to episode almost 30 next week. Lots of changes. Yeah. Absinthe is no longer involved. If you have been here since episode one, what a roller coaster. Literally, you deserve a medal. Not absinthe. I wouldn't do that to you. You deserve all of the treasures in the whole world. You deserve your own flying canoe. You do. You deserve your very own La Chasse Gallery. <laughs> okay, bye. Okay. <laughs> bye. <laughs> We're turning on this fan immediately. <laughs>